You're listening to She Time Podcast, Season 2, Episode 2, Becoming Sydney Franklin. Welcome back to She Time. I'm your host, Alexandra Sampson. And today's episode features R&B soul artist and singer-songwriter, Sydney Franklin. Sydney and I met during the 2018 DC Black Film Festival where she performed during the mixer for all the filmmakers. And she gave a very soulful performance. And I asked my husband, who is the founder and director of the festival, to connect us. Sydney is an accomplished artist and has performed for the South by Southwest Conference and Festival, iHeartMedia, SiriusXM, and many more. Earlier this year, she released her freshman EP, Make It Hurt. And Sydney and I actually engage in a bit of music therapy as we listen on air to tracks from the EP and discuss the life experiences that inspired them. It was just really like all the noise that is going on inside of your head and everyone's telling you, do this, do that. But it's like, what do I want? What does Sydney want? I'm super excited to share this episode as it's unlike any other that I've done on She Time, just with the kind of interplay of the conversation and the music. And so I hope you will enjoy it as well. So without further ado, here's my chat with Sydney. Hey, this is Dr. Erica James, and you are listening to She Time Podcast with Alex Sampson. We're going to get going here, and I have today with me Sydney Franklin, who is a fabulous R&B and soul artist, musician, singer, um, who is based out of the Washington, D.C. area. Hi, Sydney. Hello, how are you? I'm well. Thanks for joining us on She Time. Yes, I'm excited about it. So um, so before we get into the interview and the discussion for today, I have to ask you, what are you sipping on? I am sipping. I was ready for this question. <laughs> I am sipping on water with lemon because I've been in sessions all day. So it's good for a singer yeah. and it's good for everyone. It's just like very detox. Thing, detoxing and all that stuff. Right. So yeah. I'm actually having water today too. There we go. Um, I usually try to have something that sounds somewhat exciting, <laughs> but today, <laughs> I'm the same today is uh, just good old water, staying hydrated. Yes. Yes. So, um, so I have to talk a little bit before we get into the interview about how I, you know, was first introduced to you. So as some may know, my husband, Kevin Sampson, directs the D.C. Black Film Festival. Mm-hmm. And um, so at this year's festival, Sydney, and I'm going to call you Sid because I feel like I, yeah, I know please, you. Yeah, please, go for it. <laughs> so Sid <laughs> I love it. Um, performed at the Mixer Social for all of the um, directors and filmmakers and you know actors who were a part of the festival this year. And prior to that, I, I didn't have really any prior experience with your work, but I just remember how soulful and how confident you were on stage. And then also that you came with a crew who were like supporting you and <laughs> helping yeah, to they, yeah. promote some of your um, some of your work. And I was just like, wow, this is really awesome. So when the night was over, um, I remember one of the guys from the crew gave me a CD and it was a CD of, it was your EP with, you know, your work on it. And mm-hmm. I remember saying, oh, you know, how much is it? And 
And he was like, no, it's, you know, take it. It's free. And I was like, what? <laughs> he was like, I, I promise I will pay you for it. So anywho, and on Aww. a road trip, I listened to it. I listened to the songs on there on a road trip. And I was like, oh, my gosh. You know, I'd, some of them I'd heard at the festival. But listening to them again, just in a kind of more focused state, because I was kind of running around that evening. Yeah. Um, in the car, I was just like, wow, like, this is really good. And a lot of the lyrics I thought were, you know, really deep. And I was like, gosh, you know, so... I asked Kevin if he could link us because I wanted to have you on the podcast because I wanted to talk more about your music and your journey. And I thought it would be helpful for our listeners as well. And so here we are today. Thanks for accepting the invitation. Yes. Thank what an intro. Thank you for having me. And I love I love hearing like specific personal stories. Um, like how you said you had the CD on in your car on a road trip. Like I just because it puts a picture in your mind. And I love that. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So maybe we start, I guess, maybe somewhat at the beginning and okay. um, talk about when did you know you were destined to be an artist? So in high school, I um, was part of an after school music program called School of Rock. Not the movie, but it's the same name. <laughs> um, it's actually right next door to the Fillmore in uh, downtown Silver Spring. Um, but they put you in bands. It's not theater, but it's like an after-school program where they put you in groups. Each season has a theme. And the first one was a Le- all Led Zeppelin songs. Mm. And, of course, my dad loves that. And I just fell in love uh, the first night of rehearsals. When I went to School of Rock for the first time, because I had already signed up, um, I literally got in the car and I was like, this was the best day of my life. Like, and I never uh, second guessed it again. So, yeah, I just I love performing. And I think that's where I really found the love for performing as well. Yeah. And I could definitely see um I, I would certainly characterize you as a performer. You know, I think some people are great singers and um, yeah. maybe less so on the performance side. But I definitely got the vibe when I saw you live that you were not only, you know, singing, you know, the lyrics, um, but that you were also engaging with the audience. And, Thank you. Um, and drawing us in. So I could definitely see yeah. that resonating through. Oh, good. That's always good to hear. <laughs> So you focus, you know, most of your work, I would say, in the R&B and soul kind of space. Um, What artists have had the biggest influence and inspiration on you as an artist kind of from that genre? Yeah, so definitely Aretha Franklin, um, Mary J. Blige. My mom and I always listened uh, to Mary J. Blige, uh, specifically the song Family Affair. I just remember us like jamming. Uh, in the car to that when she would like pick me up from something and I just that's like one of my earliest memories um, and then Joss Stone, Billy Joel, Elton John and I just grew up around that for no particular reason and both my parents are accountants there's literally no one in my family who does music <laughs> so it's like, but they were just into good music yeah so I'm very thankful for that and I'm lucky that I just grew up around the soulful songs yeah. So talking about Mary J. Blige, uh, my yeah. favorite Mary J. Blige song of all time is Real Love. That, I don't yes. know, that's the one that I just oh. remember. It's like the first Mary J. Blige song that I remember. And it's I still, you know, dance really hard when that one comes Oh, yeah. On. You can't help but like groove when you hear her. Yeah. Yeah. I, oh, I love that song, too. 
So um, maybe talking a little bit about, um, you know, where or how you took your interest and love for music and, and applied it into what you're now doing as a career. Can you talk a little bit about how you segued from that early start from the after school program into kind of where you are now? Yeah. So it doesn't happen overnight. Um, that's one thing I've learned and I'm learning patience. Um, but when uh, going back to how my parents are accountants and no one is a musician, like when it was time to look for colleges mm. um, to start searching and visiting them, I we were like, holy crap, like where do we even look? Because I knew I wanted to really focus specifically on music and not just like music, like contemporary music, because I did um, do like classical lessons and I did like an opera camp when I was younger and I loved it, but I, you know, that's not what I wanted to do as my career, mm. um, genre speaking. Um, but so I looked at a bunch of schools, auditioned, and I ended up at Berkeley College of Music. And that um, I learned a lot about myself, but also networking, because the school is like its own little industry. So you can like, put together bands and sessions and all this stuff. And it was like, you're in your own bubble little industry of um, a college. And I think that's where I was like, wow, this is more than I thought it was. Def it was definitely a slap in the face <laughs> and oh. kind of a reality check. Mm, yeah. um, but because the people there are so good. And I want to I want to in, in kind of insert right there that yeah, please. for those who are not familiar with Berkeley College of Music, it is like the premier uh, music college and performing arts kind of institution. I mean, John Mayer is an alumni, Quincy Jones, like you know, a yeah. lot of great artists and performance, you know, are alumni of that of that institution. So I just want to kind of put into perspective, you know, how, you know, big of a deal it is. Yeah. Yeah. And I, yeah, I didn't know that it was that big of a deal until <laughs> I got there where I was like, wow, okay. Like I'm, I'm in this. Um, and I, I loved it. I absolutely loved it. It was hard um, because I went to a tiny, tiny high school where like I, there was no theory, um, and thank goodness I grew up playing piano, so I knew how to read and I knew like the keys on a piano, but you know, I didn't, I came with like no theory experience and all that stuff. So I really started from nothing in the, really the music knowledge. Um, mm. And that's where I really learned a lot of it. Love it. Um, yeah. Now, in some of our conversations, we've discussed that um, you decided to to leave Berkeley early. Mm -hmm. Can you talk a bit about what you know prompted that decision? Yeah, absolutely. So um, it was right after my spring break of sophomore year, I left um, because I was going through a lot emotionally. I was um, diagnosed with depression and later on anxiety, and I. I was not in a state to go to class or be away from home for that matter. Uh, also, House Studios, who I'm currently working with uh, in the D.C. area, reached out to me. So I was like, okay, this is like, you know, there's something for me at home, but also like I need to step away and take care of myself. Like it got to the point where I couldn't even get out of bed and go to class. Um, like it just, it's, it's crazy to even think that I was in that place at one point, but it's 
it's a dark and lonely place. So I needed to step away. So yeah, I don't regret it. I don't regret it at all. Yeah. And I would say kudos to you for making that decision because I'm sure it was a a tough one to make. Yeah. Um, Very hard. And, but I think it's one that so many people can relate to being in the position of, and mm-hmm. I think, unfortunately, sometimes there's the pressure to well, push through and, you know, just, you know, keep going. And I think we don't often make decisions that um, are for, you know, our own in, in the effort to take care of ourselves. And I exactly. think you made a decision at that time to say, you know, this is a wonderful opportunity, but I have to take care of myself first. And exactly. And it's amazing how in doing that, that there was another opportunity and another door opened for you. And assuming that that came along at a time where, you know, you were ready to receive it. Yeah, and, I was, it was, weird timing but I was very lucky that you know I had something so yeah and especially at Berkeley a lot of people do leave because they well first of all it's like the price of it because it's it's just such an intense private conservatory school so a lot of people do drop out for that matter but mostly because they go on tour with artists or they get picked up by a label or whatever. Um, So it is very common um, for people to leave early. Yeah. Or even come back or whatever. Um, Because people are on The Voice, American Idol, etc. So it is very common. Yeah, that's so cool. Yeah, yeah, totally different college experience. (laughs) Yeah, it was like, definitely sounds a lot different from my own college experience. Yeah, very different. So I want to talk a bit about some of your music because, you know, as I mentioned when I was first listening to it, I think it was the lyrics from a number of your songs that really drew me in. And I could sense that, okay, there's stories behind these songs, you know, Mm -hmm. and as we talk about becoming Sid Franklin, you know, like thinking about how those songs are also not only stories that you're telling, but they also reflect, you know, perhaps your own experiences or things that are are very um, personal to you. And so... I'm really excited about doing this for this episode because it's not something we've done, but um, to be able to talk a bit about your songs and then also to be able to play little snippets from them for our listeners so they can get a little introduction and then hopefully they will go check you out on Spotify and all other places where they can find you, which I'm sure you would tell us about at the end. Yes, absolutely. So um, I'm going to pick some of, I guess, the songs that resonated with me. All right. Um, And so let's start with um, the song entitled Make It Hurt. Could you set up the track for us and then, you know, we'll play it afterwards. Yeah. So um, literally, I think two weeks before I was releasing the EP, before that, it was called Noise. Um, And I was like, something's telling me that make it hurt. People are really going to connect with that one. And I really connected with it. So let's change the title. So we changed it. And I'm so happy um, that I decided that I really did want to. But that song is about a relationship. Um, I was on and off with this guy for, which seems like 10 lifetimes. But um, I just, I wanted him to feel the pain that he had caused me um I think we all you know we're in middle school high school even college like we think we know everything about the other person or even ourselves or even life and we don't and I think 
I got ahead of myself and I, um, I just, I wanted him to feel the pain that he had caused me. And that's really what it's about. Yeah. And I think it, you know, most women can relate to that feeling. Yes. If you've ever been in a relationship oh my that gosh. ended, you know, let's say not amicably or in a way that, you know, you desired, um, you can pr- you can probably relate to that. Um, and, and that was the sense I got from it, too. I was like, oh, this sounds like, you know, a breakup song. You know, we all have a, a oh, breakup yeah. song that you play, you know. So, OK, so we're going to play we're going to play the track here. Yeah. I'm going to hurt you like as this continues, it's part of me, it's nothing cynical, it's purely physical, throw it in the fire, watch that shit burn, it's nothing new to me, it's time for you to see. Okay, that was awesome. That was awesome. Okay, so let's keep rolling because I want to make sure we have time to get through three more of these if we can. So the next song that um, really struck me is, I think actually my favorite from the EP is Forever. I love that one. I love that one. It's not very long, you know. In fact, when it was, I was like, oh, it's over. I want more, you know. (laughs) But I kind of like that about it. Um, Yeah. If you could, in one sentence before we play it, what is is this song about? Absolutely. So it's about feeling lost and alone. um, And it's about asking yourself and the world if there's a place for you, if there's room out there. Because we all tend to feel, you know, again, alone. And like, there's not a place for us out there. Yeah. All right. Well, let's let's tune into it. <laughs> Feels like forever's gotta hold on me. Forever's gotta hold on me, my friend. You got that hold on me. Feels like forever's gotta hold on me. Forever's gotta hold on me. Searching high 
Um, so my favorite line from Forever is the last line, is there a place out there for me? And I think you're, you know, you're spot on and, and with the, the, I think we all at times feel either out of place or that, you know, someone or people don't understand us. And, um, yeah. and I, I really, I, that really resonated with me. And I was trying to link that with the, wow, the forever, you know, the, you know, maybe sometimes we might enter a season or a place in life where it just feels like that feeling is ongoing <laughs> for, and yes, it might feel exact, like forever. Yeah, that's exactly it. Yeah. Where you can't shake a feeling or just a thought or something. Right, right. Yeah. Okay. So um, next one that I wanted to at least tee up for the listeners is um, the song entitled Noise. Yeah. And can you talk a little bit about what inspired this track? Yeah. So this is actually one of my favorite stories. Um, so about two, almost two years ago, I had been contacted by a talent shopper out from L.A., and uh, he introduced me, my parents and I flew out to LA um, and he took me to some uh, major record labels, um, had some meetings, all that, some sessions. It's about what goes on in the meetings and what you're talking about, what you're told and how it's like everything you are told and do is like hush hush. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want to just like sit there and like have a name slapped on me in some clothes and like have my voice just like just be a voice like something you hear um like I wanted to be writing the songs I wanted to be a part of that process and that's not what was discussed in those meetings and I really stood my ground where I was like I need to be a part of what I'm doing and what I'm releasing because this is why I'm in it I don't like I'm not doing this for the fame like I want to do this because I love this and I love creating and performing so it was just really like all the noise that is going on inside of your head and everyone's telling you do this do that but it's like what do I want what does Sydney want um yeah so how do you quiet that and And I think you can kind of relate it to everything, um, to anything in life, um, because there is so much noise uh, with social media and all that stuff. It's just it's hard to quiet it down for us. Yeah. All right. So I want to come back and talk a bit about that a little more. But let's let's play a little snippet um, from the track for our listeners. I've gotten to the point. Where I just want to silence all the unnecessary noises surrounding me. I just wanna do me on my own priority. Now I don't care to hear your rude remarks. I'm just trying to make my mark before I leave. Yeah. They say I'll go far. I'm on the radar. Leave all the questions that I have behind a closed door. Close that door. They say I'll go far. I'm on the radar. Leave all the questions that I have behind closed doors. Oh, can't handle all this noise, noise, noise. I can't handle noise, noise. 
footprint on the doorsteps of a broken home. A dystopian society where megalomaniacs roam. Okay, God, I love that song. It's so energetic. Okay. Um, yeah, totally different than everything else yes. on the EP, what I, which I kind of like. Yeah. And so you talked about, you know, before before we played the track, you talked a bit about really having to make a big, deci- you know, a big career decision and having to determine, okay, what is my path and my purpose and, and my goals for myself as an artist and having to filter out, you know, what doesn't really serve you well in accomplishing that. And, exactly. and figuring out what's the noise. And I think, as you stated, I think that's something that we can all relate to because, um, well, one, I think figuring out what is noise can often be the biggest battle. <laughs> yes. Um, and oh figuring out gosh. what's, you know, what is the distraction and, and, and what's not necessary or what's extra. But then I think it's also having the, the courage to kind of tune it out. And yes. as you continue in your career or even just in your personal life, what are some things that you do to kind of quiet the noise? Um, I do. A, I've gotten into yoga actually Uh, a friend in college who uh struggled emotionally she um that really helped her and when I was going through it she said I really want you to take up yoga and I was like that's not gonna help like come on Mm. and it helped me it really is healing and it took me many many times to go and to finally get to that place where I could walk in the room and I was like okay this is a safe space like I'm on my mat for the next 60 minutes this is where I am and this is all that I have control over and it's hard to be able to get to that point where you can kind of just focus on the class itself because I'm someone who who's like okay what's next what's next Mm -hmm. and I'm always thinking ahead and I think a lot of us do but I know I personally really struggle with like stopping and like kind of smelling the roses um, and taking in that moment. So definitely yoga has helped me. And I was always athletic growing up. Um, So definitely, I think just working out, it just releases good uh, in the endorphins. And it's just it's good for you. And that really helps me. Um, but also I've gotten, I was never into reading books for pleasure until I left Berkeley. Um, so I was 19 at the time and, you know, like in the past, like you're told, okay, read pages 60 to 85 and it's like, (laughs) oh, I don't want to do that. And because I wasn't told like you have to read this, I really like enjoyed it. Um, And I love reading poetry and just different stories. And it's kind of like, okay, let me go into this other person's world for a second and not ignore mine, but just kind of like put it on, like 
press pause. So that just like having quiet time, um, but also just surrounding yourself with the right people. Yeah. I have to really think that's a huge one. Yeah. I have to agree with you on actually the yoga practice because um, I recently started to do a bit more yoga and for some will know that I am a health health coach and a group fitness instructor. And mm-hmm. um, I decided more recently to get a certification or in um, kids oh, yoga. Oh, my God, that's so cool. But one of the things that I've taken away from that, and as I take, you know, more yoga classes as a part of that, is that there are so many tools that you get from practicing yoga that mm-hmm. are so helpful outside of the actual, you know, one hour class that you take. Just the mindfulness and the breathing techniques and, you know, kind of the the ability to practice quieting out the noise kind of as we're talking Absolutely. about are things Absolutely. that, you know, stick with you and that you can practice when you're not on the mat. And so um, I have to agree that I think um, yoga is kind of, I wouldn't say it's a, a best kept secret. It's not a secret, but, you know, I just think that there's, <laughs> <laughs> there's so many tools that come from it that, um, you know, I, I don't know as if as many people appreciate. So, yeah, I love that. I love because it's so true. It gives you the tools to use when you're not in class. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So the last song we're going to talk about um, is entitled L-O-V-E Me. Yeah. And I actually, this song I just recently discovered um, as I, to be, to be honest, as I was pre- prepping for our talk, and yeah. I noticed, like, oh, there's another song, you know, out here on the Spotify. <laughs> on Spotify. Um, and so I listened to it, and I was like, oh, MG. Like, I, I instantly fell in love with it. Um, it's probably a close, it's close tie to being my favorite with Forever. Thank and you. That's awesome. I think it's just such um, an, an empowering song speaking about self-love. And um, which I believe is the starting point for anything related to self-care. And so um, I want to play a little bit of it now and then let's talk a bit about it. All righty.
Okay, so oh, I love I love that song. All right. <laughs> um, Thank you. So can you talk about, I, I want to hear in your words, the message that you're communicating with this song. Yeah, so I, um, I was, my mom was visiting just for a weekend um, at uh, Berkeley up in Boston. And she was literally just about to leave for the airport to fly back home. And I didn't have class till the afternoon. So we went um, on Newberry Street. It's like the famous shopping street. Um, and just shopped around a little. And I personally am one that hates dressing rooms. Um, I think the lighting is bad. And it's like, it's just, it's not fun for me. Yeah. But, I'm with you. <laughs> and and um, uh, it was like, nothing was fitting. And I was like, Oh, my gosh, like, what is wrong with me? Like all this stuff. And little did I know this was kind of the beginning of the depression anxiety that really started showing because this was my first semester of sophomore year so I hadn't withdrawn yet and I was at a corner with my mom I was going to class she was going the other way to check out of her hotel and I just bursted into tears I was like please don't go like I really need you right now and of course like as a mother um that just like tears you apart Mm -hmm. but she knew she's like you're gonna be fine like and she's like just learn to love yourself and my mom has literally saved me um just I mean she picked up the phone every time I called no matter what day or night what day of what time of the day or night it was um but I just remember being on that corner and I I think I skipped class and class and went to write it. Um, I went to one of the practice rooms at Berkeley and I just, it kind of just poured out of me the idea. And then I took it to my friend, Austin Armstrong, who's an amazing songwriter, one of my best friends. And he helped me co-write it. And he's actually the one uh, playing keys on the track. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Um, One of the lines that stuck out, one of the many lines that stuck out to me um, in that track is one that says, comparing yourself to every girl that you meet, you are your own person and individuality. And um, I really like that line because I've said it before on on this show, and I talk about it quite a bit with friends, that I feel like in the social media age, that there's so many additional pressures. And, And I think there's kind of the comparison syndrome and, you know, all these things that, we really, you know, kind of start to look outside of ourselves instead of focusing internally. And yeah, I, I really that line really resonated with me. And I think oh, it's good. one that we, you know, I think we can all, you know, just kind of be more mindful of that we're all mm-hmm. individually unique and we offer something, and that um, we do a disservice to ourselves when we start to compare, you know, our own gifts and talents to that of someone else. You know? Yeah. Oh, I could not agree more. It's like social media, specifically Instagram. Like, I love it. I'm probably on it 22 hours a day. But like, <laughs> I I mean, it's, it's addicting, but it's also like you're nitpicking everything and you're like, why don't I look like that? Or why am I not in Europe with my friends? Mm-hmm. And it's like, and it's just we tear ourselves apart. So it's, it's dangerous, but you have to remember, you have to love yourself and it's hard. And I don't all the time. Um, it's hard to do that 24 seven, but 
you know, every day you have to love yourself a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a nice segue into um, in, in talking about self-love. I want to talk a bit about self-care. And I yeah. want to start by knowing what does self-care mean to you? Like, What does it look like for, for Sid? It, kind of going back to it looks like quieting the noise. Um, whether that means turning my phone off or just leaving it upstairs in my room and going to hang with family. Or even if I'm home alone, just like not be by it. Um, and enjoy a show or go out to dinner with friends and, you know, really surround yourself with the right people comes back to how you treat yourself, I think, and what you think you deserve and are worthy of. Um, and I've, you know, you, I've lost a lot of friends in the past two years uh, from what I've gone through. Um, and it's like, you realize that some of those people are toxic and some mm. of those people like, you know, they came into your life and taught you a lesson that time in your life. But like, it's time to move on now. Like, I believe timing is everything and everything happens for a reason. But you just you have to, I think, really surround yourself with the right people and learn to quiet things around you and just take care of yourself, whether that's doing a face mask or saving up for that new pair of shoes that you really wanted and like treating yourself to it. And if it's like, if, like if you show it in that way, then that's how you should do it. And I think it's different for everyone. And it's, it's so important too. Yeah, it is. Yeah. I, I would also like to know, um, just because I think it, it would be so helpful to many, if there are any specific tools that you've used to help with the anxiety and depression that you talked about, you know, earlier. Yeah. Um, so uh, obviously breathing, but that's like so general, um, specifically the app Headspace, actually. Oh, yeah. Um, I love that app. And actually, when I was at South by Southwest this past, I guess, March, um, my producer and I, you know, you're running around like for a week straight. And I remember Headspace was doing uh, like sponsoring a little event and they had like just 10, 15 minute sessions where they connected um, the Headspace app to um, a Bluetooth speaker and you, everyone was like closing their eyes and just quiet in a room in the middle of like a bustling, crazy city um, for a music festival. And it was like, wow, like I, it just, it helps so much. Um, and that specifically has helped me a lot. And I'm not one to like put it on 30 minutes mm -hmm. because I just, you know, I have a, everyone has such a busy schedule and I know it's an excuse, but also like do five minutes because five minutes is better than none. Like it really makes all the difference. So definitely headspace and music. Um, I mean, as like cliche as that sounds, it heals. And I think it kind of helps you say like, wow, I'm not the only one that feels this way. Yeah. And songwriting as well has really been therapeutic for me for the past two years. Yeah. And, you know, the music piece, there's actually studies and reports that support the fact that when you listen to music that 
feels good, you know, to you, that it improves, you know, kind of your emotional state. Um, oh, yeah. That there's a, a number of benefits from it. So, you know, I don't think it's cliche at all. And, and in no. fact, a lot of times, you know, if I'm having a day where I just need some time to kind of refocus or yeah. um, kind of re- rejuvenate, like the first thing I do is put on, you know, my a playlist, you know, a playlist of Absol- my favorite yeah, songs. Absolutely. Um, I have a chillin' vibe playlist. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's what it's entitled. Oh, yeah. And, you know, that's what I play when I just need to, okay, you know, like let's recenter. Yes. I mean, it's a, there's a whole music therapy major at Berkeley. I mean, and that is for a reason. Like what you just said, it's so helpful to all of us. Yeah. So in the vein of, of thinking about becoming, because I feel like I've learned so much about you just from your music and from this conversation, um, what are, what's one aspect of your life that you're fine tuning that you, you know, you're thinking about growing in or, or changing or doing differently? So I actually went to my sister for this and I was like, what do I say? And then I kind of had to step back and be like, okay what do I say? (laughs) I I really just want to be more open with people and myself because I tend to be a very closed off person who puts up a wall if I can't communicate the words correctly, like from my head to out in the air, like there's something that like just doesn't work sometimes for me. So I really want, I'm working on that every day. Um, Even just asking for help. Like if you're like, hey, can you help me with the dishes? Like even something so small is like a stepping stone for me. And that's just something that I've had to work on. Yeah, I can, I can totally relate. Um, Yeah. Asking for help is probably an area that I am like the worst in. Yeah. Oh, and, my God. <laughs> um, but it's also an area that I recognize that I need to do better in because when I do ask for help and when I ask for it early enough, like before things are in crisis mode, that it just things function better. Um, yeah. It's better for everyone. Yeah. Um, it's so true. It's the I don't know. I guess it's the pridefulness in me or the, you know, the belief yeah. that I should be able to do it. I don't know. But <laughs> I, I can relate. Yeah. And you don't want to. <laughs> bother that person or be like what you can't do this and it's like no like you can do this but I just need a little help yeah yeah. I completely get it okay so what's one of your guilty pleasures shoes (laughs) I have what it's really bad um like I definitely get that from my mom's mom my grandma um it's really bad um I just oh I just love them and I, I could think, choose be a guilty pleasure that should just be I, a pleasure I, right? I, <laughs> thank you oh I'll tell my mom that but um I I love them um and my dad does too come to think of it because he to work he's like really stylish so um I don't know I just I love fashion I think that's another love of mine um but shoes are definitely like my guilty pleasure yeah all right and specifically vans i love vans oh my gosh okay so so <laughs> any friends of said's out there you know you know what gifts, oh my god i know oh, <laughs> trying to work with them Holy gift crap. ideas here yeah <laughs> so this has been really fun before we wrap i have to ask you 
Finish this sentence. Sid Franklin is becoming. Sid, oh gosh. <laughs> Sid Franklin is becoming a voice for other, just for women, for girls, um, but also for people who have struggled with depression and anxiety and mental illnesses. Um, like we were talking out about earlier just to shine some light on that I really um because I wasn't always open about talking about it I was very embarrassed about it um but I've gotten to the point where it's like you know what I'm going to help others because and that helps me too when I help others it's like wow like if they can do it through my help I can do it as well and you know you kind of open your eyes and you see I'm not alone. And I think that's the biggest thing is you're not alone. Yeah. So I definitely want to like remind people of that. And I have to remind myself of that. So, yeah, no, I 100% agree with that. And I think it's something that so many of us um, struggle with in that, you know, especially if you're a private person, but even if you're not so much, there's a level of vulnerability with sharing yeah. things that are very, you know, intimate things that people may not otherwise know about you. But I think there is so much good that comes out of telling our stories, which includes our struggles, because yeah. it normalizes those things yes. for other people. And it helps other people to say, you know, I struggle with that exact same thing. And I've always been too scared to talk about it, yeah. or to open up or to seek help and I'm just always a big cheerleader for celebrities, but most, I think more importantly, everyday men and women to talking about these things because, you know, we can reach so many people, especially when we talk about self-care issues with things that involve, you know, mental health and anxiety and depression, because we live in a really high pressure, high functioning (laughs) society. Yes. is as much as there's the temptation to be silent about those issues, they are, you know, widespread. So yeah, I totally agree. Well, this has been so fun. Thank you, Sid, for coming on and um, sharing your story, your life, for letting us play clips of your songs. And um, before we wrap, can you tell our listeners where they can find you? So, well, thank you for having me. I really enjoyed talking about all this. Um, So you can find uh, my music on all music platform. Oh, my God. You can find me on all music platforms. iTunes, Apple Music, Spotify, Tidal, SoundCloud, all that. And then Instagram at Sydney Franklin Music. Sydney like Australia. Franklin like Aretha. Add music. And I have a brand new music video for my song, Make It Hurt, that is now on YouTube. Nice. Yeah. So definitely everyone go out there and um, check out Sydney's music. It's awesome. I listen to it on Spotify because, you know, that's the app that I have on my phone. But as you mentioned, you can get it um, in, you know, all music kind of platforms. But um, thanks again, Sydney, for coming on. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thanks for tuning in to She Time. Be sure to visit shefirstproject.org backslash podcast to access the show notes for today's episode. Also, don't forget to head over to Apple Podcasts or the podcast platform of your choice to subscribe, rate, and review the show. And sharing is caring, so feel free to share this episode with a friend. I love connecting with our listeners and members of the She First tribe, so be sure to like and follow the She First Project on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram by searching She First Project. And if you have any suggestions for topics or guests, 
you'd like to see featured on the show, please reach out to us at admin, A-D-M-I-N, at shefirstproject.org. Well, I can't wait for you to join me back here next week for another episode of She Time. Until then, take care.